Hi, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I want to thank you for joining us today online. I want you to go right now before we get started and download our app. You can download it from the Apple App Store or from the Google Play Store by simply searching Word of Life Carlsbad. If you would like to give today, then you can give online by going to our app or our website, or you can also text 84321, and when you search, just search Word of Life Carlsbad. Praise God. Well, have you been getting anything out of this series on uh, This Is Us? You see, it's so important, if you're a part of Word of Life Church, that you know what Word of Life Church is all about. Praise God. And so that's what we have been endeavoring to, um, uh, to open up to you. And today, we're going to be talking about it. And when, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking the, the three R's. Who knows what the three R's are? Okay, it's, it's okay to go ahead and, and, uh, and, and answer back. So. <laughs> well, not exactly. All right, who's ever heard of the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic? And see, they didn't put spelling in there because, you know, um, how do you get three R's out of reading, writing, and, ar and arithmetic? Okay? I never understood that, the three R's. But we're better than that because our three R's actually start with R. Okay? And uh, at Word of Life, we are real, we are relevant, and we are relational. See, they all start with R. We are real, we are relevant, and we are relational. Praise God. And so we're going to talk about those things today. Let's just lift one hand and say this with me. Say, Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. Father, I am good ground for your word. I'm a doer of the word, not a hearer only, and I am blessed in my deeds. And I rejoice today, Father, because you sent the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to me. So I call on you today, Holy Spirit, to do your work in my life. I'll receive truth, act upon it, be changed by it, and I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, we're going to just take these three points, these three R's, and take them one at a time and break them down and begin to talk about them today. What does it mean that we are real? Praise God. That we are real. Well, first of all, we are real people living in a real world with real issues. So if you're thinking, well, I can't go, maybe you're watching online, you're thinking, well, I, I can't go to church because, you know, uh, I've got problems. Well, guess what? Everybody in this room has problems. Everybody in this room 
has issues. The difference is, see, we have an answer to the problems. We have an answer to the issues, praise God, but they're real nonetheless. And, you know, and, and we, we are mistaken, we, we err when we attempt to, uh, to, to pretend that the issues that people deal with are not real. That, that, uh, that they don't exist and, and act like they don't exist. There are a lot of things wrong in this world, and they are very real. The things that you deal with, the things that, that you are facing in your life, they're very real issues. But, see, here's the thing. Not only are we real people living in a real world with real issues, but our issues, they're not unique. We also follow a real Jesus who really died on a real cross to resolve those real issues. Praise God. Let me say that again because that's the part I really want you to remember. We follow a real Jesus who really died on a real cross to resolve the real issues you have in your life. Praise God. And that is the message of the gospel. You see, here's what 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13 says. It says, For no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So whatever you're facing, it is not unique to you. Praise God. And there is a very good chance that there's somebody else sitting in this room that is facing a very uh, similar kind of challenge in their life, a very similar kind of issue in their life. Maybe you're thinking, well, you know, I've got marriage problems. Well, there's probably somebody else here that has marriage problems too. You're thinking, well, I've got health issues. Well, there's somebody else here that's facing some health issues too. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Well, there's somebody else here that is struggling with an addiction as well. But you see, the thing that we've got to remember is we have a very real Jesus who really went to, the, to a real cross to deal with that very real issue. Praise God. Jesus really became sin for you. Really. He became sin for you that, that he who knew no sin became sin for you that you might really become the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. He really did that. See, that's not a fantasy. That's not just some kind of a, 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 a wild religious thing that we say, but it really happened. You know, I saw something the, uh, yesterday, and I commented on it on Facebook. It was something that I, I think it was Veronica that shared the one I saw. But it was a, a, a statement from uh, um, Charles Spurgeon, and he said that, you stand before God as though you were Christ, 
because he stood before God as though he were you. And I thought, wow, that is, that is some powerful stuff right there. You see, and he, but here's the thing. So many people think that this message of the grace of God is some kind of a newfangled doctrine. But it's not. It's not a new doctrine. It's not something we made up. It's not something. It, it was Paul preached it. Paul preached it. Too many people have forgotten that Paul preached it, but Paul preached it. Praise God. That is the very thing that he preached. You see, Jesus, he actually really became you and went to the cross as you. He became sin for you, and he died there on the cross. So in reality, you see, this is not just some good sounding stuff. This really happened. He really became you on the cross, and therefore, because he became you, when he died, you died. But when he rose from the dead, you rose from the dead with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he rose victoriously. Hallelujah. So if he rose as you, he rose victoriously, so that means you rose victoriously. Don't forget that you died with him and you rose again. That he stood before the Father as you so you can stand before the Father as though you were him. Praise God. Praise God. That is the good news of the gospel. You see, Jesus told us to go preach the good news. Now, there's a whole lot of sermons I have heard that I couldn't find any good news in. But praise God, when, I, when it dawned on me one day that Jesus didn't just say go preach the Bible. He said go preach the gospel. Praise God. Now, the gospel is found in the Bible. Praise God. So it's got to be consistent with the Bible, obviously. But the wages of sin is death is not good news. But the last part of the verse makes it good news. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is good news that he became me. He paid the price as me. Therefore, it counts that, here, here's how it counts in the mind of God, that I paid the price. That's how God sees it, that I paid for it. God sees it as though I was punished, although I was punished on the body of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 And he rose victoriously. Praise God. So though there is no temptation that has overtaken you, that is, uh, that, that is unique to you, praise God. Praise God. And whatever you're facing... 
whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're you're uh, you're saying, well, I, I've, I'm struggling to overcome this. Well, let me tell you this: Jesus, as you overcame it. Do you get that? Jesus, as you, everything he did, he did it as you. Because that's what he did. He that's what he came here for. You know, some of the we we know some of the facts about you know what uh, what Jesus came and did, but sometimes we miss the why he did it that way. He did it that way for you, as you in your place, as though you did it. Praise God. Sin's got to be punished. You are absolutely right, and it was. Praise God. Praise God. You know, people say, well, you just can't brush off sin like it never happened. Well, Jesus took it upon himself, and he dealt with it so that, as far as I'm concerned now, it never happened. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the message of the gospel. That's the message of the gospel. I can stand pure and clean before God as though I had never sinned. That is what justification means. You have been justified. Someone said it this way one time. said, justified means just as if I'd never sinned. Hallelujah. Just as if I'd never sinned. Praise God. Praise God. Now, that'll set you free. If you'll, if you'll let that sink in, it'll set you free from whatever it is that you're struggling with because there is no longer a need to struggle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he did all the struggling Here's, here's what the scripture says, that he, stri uh, he strived against sin to the point of bloodshed. You have, not, you have not progressed to bloodshed in striving against sin. He did. He did. The Bible says that in the Garden of Gethsemane prior to his crucifixion, that he sweat as it were great drops of blood. That's where he was striving against your sin. Praise God. And it brought him the pressure of your sin and my sin weighed upon him so heavily that he sweat as it were great drops of blood. Praise God. Actually bleeding through the skin. Now, you know, I actually knew someone one time that uh, uh, they had a, a very severe weight problem, so much so that as they stood up and, and attempted to walk, that their weight would burst blood vessels in their legs and they would bleed through the skin in their legs. And so, but, but see, it, it, was, it was tremendous pressure. That's, but you see, Jesus sweat, as it were, 
great drops of blood because of the pressure that was on him. And the pressure that was on him was your sin and my sin. And he dealt with it. And he dealt with it completely in full. It is finished. Praise God. Praise God. He goes on and he says that no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. So we are real people around here. And the things that you deal with are common to man. Therefore, that means that there is probably somebody here that has faced the, the, the same kind of thing that you're dealing with. And if not, you can rest in this. Jesus did. Hallelujah. Actually, it doesn't do you much good that somebody else here did, but it does you all the good that Jesus did. Praise God. And then he says, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. What a misused scripture. So many people say, well, the Bible says God won't put more on you than you can handle. That is not what that verse said. That is not what it said at all. Let's look at that verse again. It says, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, what's he talking about? The things that, are, that you are dealing with First of all, God is not the source of the problem. He's the source of the escape. Hallelujah. He's not the source of the problem. He is the way of escape. He made the way of escape, which is Jesus. Praise God. Jesus is the way out of whatever you're dealing with, whatever challenge you're facing Whatever is coming against you, what may, whether it be because of your own doing, your own, uh, your, your own mistakes, your own bad choices, regardless of, of what it is, Jesus is the way of escape. Praise God. Praise God. Then in Romans chapter 3, verse number 23, where all have sinned and fall short, of the glory of God. All have sinned. The word sinned, if you look it up in both the, the Hebrew and in the Greek, the word sin in both cases means to miss. To miss the mark. To, to, to miss. And so he says, all have missed. And come short of the glory of God. So, here it is, all have missed. How did you miss? You missed by coming short. So, he's telling us what sin is. All have missed, you're, you're trying to jump over the chasm, and you came up short. 
you missed. All have come up short of the glory of God. Of the glory of God. See, every, every moment that I don't reflect the glory of God, what am I doing? I'm coming up short of the glory of God. You know, everything you see in me that is short of God's perfection, you don't have to look very hard, but everything you see that comes up short of God's perfection is, according to this definition, is sin. Now, we, we, we make this sin list sometimes. Well, this is sin and that's sin and that's sin. Yeah. Sin is coming short of the glory of God. Sin is missing. So if I, if I miss, I came short. Praise God. Praise God. Now, he goes on and he says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Chapter 5, verse number 12 says this, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sin. So, my point being that we are very real. We are aware that we you know, don't, don't say, well, all those people over Word of Life, they just all think they're all perfect and everything. Uh-uh. Is there anybody in this room that you think you're all perfect and everything? Only one. And we just proved he's not. <laughs> Praise God. You see, that, that's not what we think. And because you're not all perfect, you'd probably fit right in. Hallelujah. We know we're not expecting you to come in here all perfect. We're not expecting you to come in here not ever coming up short. We're expecting when you come in, we're pretty sure you're going to fail. Now, that's not an indictment against you. That's just the reality of the fact that if you are in Christ, your short don't count. Hallelujah. If you are in Christ, your short don't count. Maybe you're, maybe you're watching online. You say, well, I'm not, I don't know if I'm in Christ. I don't even know what that means. Well, come over and find out. Praise God. It's really easy to get in Christ. You know, nobody in this room had trouble getting saved. Maybe you had trouble believing you were saved. But nobody in this room, none of us had any problem getting saved. You see, it was so easy. All we had to do was believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All we had to do was, our part of it was just believe it. Believe it. I choose Jesus. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Praise God. So, you know, 
if you're looking for somebody that's real, we're real. We're real. Um, and our real Jesus, John chapter 3, verse number 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Notice that, whoever. Whoever. Whoever what? Whoever believes. Whoever believes. Notice he didn't say whoever quits all their sinning. Sin's bad for you. I'll just tell you that. It's bad for you. It will hurt you. Sin's not a good thing. That's why it's called sin. You know, it's, it is a bad idea. Sin is never a good idea. But, but, Jesus came to deliver you from its power, not so you could quit it and then he would accept you. If you accept him, you are delivered from the power of sin which empowers you to overcome it. Praise God. Let's not get this backwards. Let's not get this backwards. It's not that we fix ourselves and then he accepts us. No, we accept him and then he has already accepted us. We accept him and then he helps us to fix all the stuff. Praise God. And it does not work backwards. It will never work backwards. And anybody that tells you that, that it's got to be the other way around doesn't understand. Praise God. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I know a whole lot of people that believe in him that don't have all their stuff fixed. You do too. In fact, you're one of them. Praise God. You believe in him, but all your stuff is not fixed yet. You, I mean, you, you haven't got everything straightened out and, you know, But he said, whoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Acts chapter 2, verse 21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise God. Said nothing about fixing your stuff. Acts chapter 10, verse number 43. To him all the prophets witness that through his name and whoever believes in him will receive the remission of sins. Whoever does what? Whoever believes on him will receive. Receive. We can't add to that verse. You know, we get in trouble when we start adding to that verse. You know, whoever believes on him and gets this fixed, 
and whoever believes on him and stops doing this, and whoever believes on him and and you know and, and cleans up their life, and whoever—that's not what it said. I've given you the mouth of two or three witnesses here, which is what we're instructed to do. Praise God, and we got three witnesses that all of them say. You believe on him. One said, if you believe on him, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. One says that if you believe on him or call on him, which you wouldn't call if you don't believe, and so whoever calls on him would be saved. And then the third one says, whoever believes in him would receive the remission of sin. Praise God. Three verses. Three verses. Believe and call. Believe and call. Praise God. We could give a lot more verses, actually. But I, I wanted to give you three. Praise God. Whoever. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. One died for all, then all died. Praise God. Well, one did die for all. Therefore, all died, so that means you died. Because you're part of all, right? And all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and rose again. See, that, the, what, what we're talking about here, it, it's, this is real. This is real stuff. Well, at our church, well, we don't believe in doing this, and we don't believe in doing that, and we don't, you know, we don't practice this, and we don't practice that, and we, you know, that's not real. That's fantasy land. And that church doesn't really exist. Praise God. It doesn't really exist. You know, it, it, it's just, it's just, it's just a fantasy. We're real. Praise God. Now, we're relevant. We're relevant. What does that mean? Well, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under foot by men. Now, he said, you're the salt of the earth. You are to be the seasoning in the earth. That's what relevant means. That's what relevant, I mean, there, there is not a verse in the, in the Bible that better describes what relevant is than you are the salt of the earth. Praise God. You are the salt of the earth. 
And we are here for the purpose of providing seasoning and flavor to the world around us. Praise God. John 17, verse number 15. I do not pray for you, or I do not pray that you should um, take them out of the world. Jesus is praying to the Father, and he's praying for you. He says, I don't pray that you would take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Where? In the world. In the world. So you can be kept from the evil one. You can be protected from the evil one while you are in the world. See, you are in the world. That's, that's relevant. That, that applies. In other words, relevant just means it applies to where you are. And your, your situation and your condition, praise God. Jesus prayed that you would be kept from the evil one in the world. That is as relevant as you can get. Praise God. He said you are the salt. The salt where? The salt of the world, of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt where? Right here, right here. Right here in Carlsbad, New Mexico, or wherever you happen to be, you are salt in your present location. Praise God. Praise God. Now, sometimes, you know, uh, when we start talking about relevance, we sometimes talk about things that are old versus things that are new, you know. And we say, well, you know, new stuff, well, that's relevant. Old stuff, that's not relevant. That's not necessarily, that's, that's oversimplified. That's oversimplified. Relevant is stuff that applies to where you are right now. Praise God. Be it old or be it new. But, you know, when, when people get my age, they tend to disdain new stuff and, and gravitate towards old stuff. Well, it's not the way it was when I was a kid. You know, some of that, that might be good. Some of it might be bad. Some, sometimes, you know, it not being the way it was. Well, let me just give you an example. I've seen a whole, heard a whole lot of old guys say, well, they don't make cars like they used to. And thank God they don't. Because the way they used to, if you had 100,000 miles on your car, it was wore out. Now we're driving them 250,000, 300,000 miles. So, they don't make them like they used to. They make them better. Praise God. All right? So, you know, uh, everything new or, yeah, you know, everything old started out new. At what point did it become good? You know, when, when did it get old enough to be good? Well, you see, we're being relevant 
sometimes we need to be creative in how we do things. I talked a lot last year about creativity and, and the creative nature of God on the inside of you. Because here's what it means to be creative. God saw a earth that was without form and void, and he, on the first day, he said, let there be light. You know, he was, he was creative. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Praise God. And then... On the sixth day, he created man, and he said, let him have dominion. Let him have dominion. And then we never find any more record of God doing any more creating. But he created man on that sixth day, and here's what he said about man. Let him have dominion. He let us create man in our image and in our likeness. To be in his image and in his likeness because he is creative, he put creativity on the inside of you. And, you know, we embrace, part of relevance is embracing creativity. Praise God. Praise God. We don't shun creativity. We embrace creativity. How many know that there are sometimes better ways to do things than the way they've always been done? Praise God. And I'm not going to go deep into that, but I just want you to understand we are not only real, but we also realize that because there are real issues and there are real people and there are real situations in the world that need to be faced and need to be dealt with, sometimes it requires a creative response. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we don't try to pull out something that, that is antiquated and make it work for the situation. If it works, you know, if, there, if there's something there that works, great. But if there's, if there's not, let's figure out how to do it because we've got the creative nature of God on the inside of us. I'm not talking about changing the Word of God. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I, the, the, the Word of God is timeless, and the Word of God that worked in the beginning still works today. But sometimes there are different ways it needs to be delivered and different ways it needs to be communicated. And different, there are unique ways it needs to apply. Because, you know, I always say this, Jesus was in all points tempted like as you are, yet without sin. All right? That's what the Scripture says. But that doesn't mean that he was tempted to do everything you are tempted to do. He was tempted in the, the basic form and the basic way that you are tempted. But I, I, I say it this way. Jesus was never tempted to turn donuts in the church parking lot. You know, he was never tempted to speed down the street. I mean, you know, you figure that out. There wasn't a car for him to speed in. There, you know, there wasn't a car for him to get out in the parking lot and turn donuts in. 
So he was never tempted to do that. Some of the exact things you're tempted to do, he was never tempted to do, but he was tempted in the same basic way that you are tempted, yet without sin. Praise God. So we need to be relevant because there are things that you and I face that Jesus didn't directly face the exact thing because it wasn't even possible when he was walking on this earth. But the principle that is there, the word of God that applies there is timeless, but sometimes we got to apply it in a unique and creative way. And at Word of Life, we purpose in our heart to be relevant, praise God, so that we can uh, discover the way to apply what needs to be applied. Praise God. Now, lastly, we're relational. We're relational. You see, we have a working relationship not only with God. The Bible says we're labors together with God, but we also have a working relationship with one another. Praise God. Here we go in, in uh, John chapter 13, verse number 35. It says, By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you have love for one another. Now, no, notice what he didn't say. He didn't say that loving one another would make you Jesus' disciple. No, being Jesus' disciple will make you love one another. Once again, we can't get that backwards. Being Jesus' disciple will make you love one another. Praise God. So we are relational. We realize, I realize I need you, and I hope you realize you need me. Praise God. Praise God. Romans chapter 12, verse number 10. says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. In other words, what that means is it doesn't have to be my way. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we need to yield to our brother. We need to prefer one another in Christ. Praise God. Praise God. There are a lot of things that it's not, uh, it's not a matter of being scripturally correct or not. Sometimes it's a matter of personal preference. And what my preference needs to be is you. Praise God. See, I prefer you. Well, well, do you prefer this color of paint or that color of paint? Well, what I prefer is you. That, that's what it means. That's what it means. Do, do, you, do you prefer this song or that song? What I prefer is you. Hallelujah. Well, you, do you prefer we start at 9 or do you prefer we start at 10? I prefer you. You see, there, there's just some things that it just don't matter. What I need to prefer is you. My preference is you. Praise God. 
Galatians chapter 5, verse number 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. Through love, serve one another. Jesus said he didn't come into this world to be served, but he came to serve. See, we've got to realize that we need one another. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21 says, The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. See, we are intricately related to one another. I'm right-handed, but my right hand desperately needs my left hand at times. Praise God. Praise God. You know, my hands don't transport me very well, but my feet do. So I, I, we're intricately related to one another. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Praise God. We've got to realize that we are intricately related to one another. We are real. We are relevant. And we are relational. Praise God. That's what Word of Life is all about. Hallelujah. And right now, I want to invite you to become a member of this body of Christ that we've been talking about. If you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that's how you become a member of the body of Christ. And you know what? We need you and you need us, whether you know it or not. You need us, and we need you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, it's very easy. We talked about all you have to do is believe, you know. Let, let, let's go back to that point. You, you believe what Jesus did. You believe that Jesus went to the cross, and he paid for your sins there at the cross. He took your place. Praise God. Now, it really comes down to this. Are you going to trust in your own goodness and your own ability to, for, to, to, to be right with God, for favor with God, to get into heaven? Are you going to trust in your own ability or are you going to trust Jesus? See, because here's the thing. You can never pay for your own sins. It would take you eternity to do that. But Jesus did it. He paid for your sins. It's already been paid. Will you trust him? Will you trust him? Will you choose to trust him instead of yourself? Instead of, why did Jesus say, he, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Why could he say that? Because nobody else paid for your sins. Nobody else could pay for your sins. But he did. Will you trust him? I'm asking you right now, 
to do that. I'm asking you right now to trust Jesus. If you're here in this room or if you're watching online, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to pray this prayer with me. And if you pray this and you mean it, see, we're going to, what we're going to do, we're going to pray a prayer and we're going to choose Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. So pray this with me right now. Everyone pray this. Say, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus who took my place on the cross and he became my sin and he died to pay for my sin. And he paid it in full and then he rose again from the dead. I believe that he was raised again so that I could have new life. Jesus, right now, I choose to put my trust in you. Jesus, I invite you to come into my life. And from this day forward, from this moment forward, I want to follow you. Trust you. What you did was enough. Thank you, Jesus, for, for paying for my sins. I receive you as my Savior. And I receive, as the scripture says, the remission of sin. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you chose Jesus. You see, I, I just want to make, if, if, if you're watching online, let us know what you've done. We want to receive a message from you. And here, here's the thing. I've written a little book, and uh, I haven't said anything about this before, but I've written a little book that we just put up on our website. So if you'll go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and look for a little book there. It's called I Choose Jesus. You can download that book free of charge. And that, what that will do is it will help you to know what to do next, how to begin your new walk with the Lord. That's what it's for. Any of you, anyone is welcome to, to go to our website and download that book and, and read that. And then if you know someone that, that needs that, go ahead and refer them to it too. Praise God. That's what it, that's what the book's for. Praise God. So go ahead and do that. But but send us a message and say, you know, I chose Jesus today. In fact, the new blue card that was in put in the back of the seat this week. It's a new card. It's got a place on there that says, I prayed the prayer to choose Jesus today. So if you're here in this room and you did that, then check that box. Check that box and just hand it to us. Praise God as you as you leave today. Hallelujah. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We want to connect with you, and we can do so one of three ways. You can email us church at wolcarlsbad.com. You can connect with us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash wolcarlsbad, or you can click contact us via our app or our website. We would love to hear from you, and we want you to know that God is madly in love with you. Thanks for joining us.